All right, Alexander, let's talk about uh, Russian Minister of Defense's warning to the collective West um, with regards to a missile strike against Russian territory and that Russia will retaliate and they will, uh, they will say that the U.S. and the U.K. are indeed a party to this war, to this conflict, if such a, such a missile strike does occur. We have had uh, storm shadow missiles, at least allegedly these are storm shadow missiles, hit uh, the bridge in Crimea that connects to Kherson. Um, from what I understand, not much damage was done, no casualties, but uh, obviously the collective West, obviously the UK and the US are going to uh, be wanting to target uh, Crimea and, uh, and do some damage to, uh, to infrastructure in Crimea or infrastructure in Russia, to be quite honest, even Moscow, because uh, that's all they got, uh, the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant. Uh, the Alensky regime is talking about um, something happening to, to the nuclear power plant because that is all they have left. They've, they've been badly uh, beaten in this, uh, this counteroffensive. They've gone nowhere. They have gone nowhere. They've lost so much men and weapons and resources, and they have gained absolutely nothing. I've seen the, the progress made. It's zero. Yes, zero I completely progress. agree. I completely agree. I, yeah. So all <laughs> they have left is, well, no, all they have left is a big strike, false flag, something. That's all they have left. Absolutely. Now, I think this, this Shoigu warning is an extremely important event, actually, because the Russians have never been quite as explicit about this um, up to now, but about, about their warnings. But, you know, we've got to look at the events that are leading up to this. Firstly, there's an article that appeared some time ago in the Washington Post about the fact that, you know, Biden is happy to cross Russian red lines. And that was the title. And, you know, that he's going forward, he's pressing red, crossing red lines. Then we had a comment from Biden, which many people, I think correctly, took to mean that he's now decided that he's going to supply Attackham's missiles to Ukraine. Now, Attackham's missiles are launched from HIMARS launchers. So um, I, when Shoigu talks about attacks on Russian territory from um, HIMARS launchers or Storm Shadows, I think he really means Attackham's missiles. That's my take. I understand that the launchers currently in Ukraine aren't able to launch Attackham's missiles, but you can always send more launchers, which can. So I think that's what Shoigu was signalling. Then there was the what the Russians continue to insist was Ukraine's sabotage of the Novaya Kakhovka Dam, which, from their point of view, was a was a big event, and they're they're saying it was carried out with um, missile strikes on the bridge, uh, on the on the on the dam and the bridge, and again, that was a part of that. And as you correctly say, the Russians can also see. The military situation, the Zaporozhye offensive, is going absolutely nowhere. I read a, a report today. Uh, it was always a report. It was a comments by Putin. He says the 245 uh, Rus uh, Ukrainian tanks have been destroyed. That's around 40% of Ukraine's tank fleet, by some estimates. 
So, you know, it, it's been a complete military debacle. So the Russians are becoming concerned, and they're saying to the US and to Britain, look, if don't dare do this thing, you've crossed our red lines up to now, and we've shown incredible restraint, but don't count on that restraint continuing. Now, a few days ago, they attacked um, a decision-making center near Kiev. This is what the attack that took place when the African delegation was in Kiev. It was a bit mysterious. But it's now widely accepted that that was an operations room, you know, one of these places with lots of computers and lots of screens, and you have officers there who uh, you know, assimilate all the intelligence that comes in from the various sources, American, British, whatever, drones, satellites, and give operational directions to the people on the front lines, and who actually guide HIMARS missiles and Storm Shadow missiles. They give the coordinates for the targets that these places are to are, are, are supposed to hit. And this operations room is apparently one of three in Ukraine. This is what I have been told by a knowledgeable source. Now, the point is that there are British and American officers in these operations rooms. So the Russians say, look, we did one, perhaps one where there weren't that many British and American officers. If you launch these attacks, we will respond immediately. And he actually used, Shoigu used the word immediately. We will strike at these two other operations rooms where your officers, British and American officers are. British and American officers now are acceptable collateral damage. We will attack them. We will not be deterred from attacking them because we know that your people are there. And this comes shortly after Putin also made comments that if F-16s are delivered to uh, Ukraine, but actually operate on the battlefields from bases in Poland and perhaps Romania, then the Russians will consider what steps to take against those particular bases, whether they need to take any steps, and if so, what those steps should be. So these are major Russian warnings. These are the Russians saying, look, we've shown great restraint up to this point. Don't count on it further. We understand you're getting desperate, but don't let your desperation make you reckless, because if you do, then we're prepared to strike at your headquarters in Ukraine. And if you go further and you start sending aircraft from Poland or Romania to intervene, well, we might be prepared to go against those bases too. So this is a major warning from the Russians, and it was highlighted uh, on the Russian defence ministry um, in its Telegram channel, it actually had these words of Shoigu in bold to make it absolutely clear that this is a warning not to be ignored. And I think that we should take, the, the, the Americans and the British should take this warning seriously. Now, this attack on the bridge, I think, hardly qualifies for this. It was one storm shadow missile. It did very little damage. This is a bridge between Crimea and Kherson region. I don't think it... I think the Russians can say this is just out, you know, this is still 
within the conflict zone. But of course, if there are no attacks on Crimea itself with storm shadows and attackums missiles, then, as I said, the Russians have signalled that they will respond, and they will respond in a devastating way, and that Britons and Americans in Ukraine are targets. It's incredible that uh, we're a year and a half in this conflict, the collective West, the US, and the UK, especially the UK, uh, they've, they, they've, they've escalated a lot with, with Russia. Um, they've, they've continuously and consistently crossed red lines in their escalation with Russia. And uh, their purpose, it's been stated, their purpose is to, is to, um, to, to kill as many Russian soldiers as possible. I mean, they've said it. Oh, Lloyd Austin has said it. Uh, many, many officials in, in the UK and the US have said it. it it's amazing that uh, we're, we're at this point and the Russians have restrained themselves from going after these command centers, which are in Ukraine, which are being used to fight the Russians, which are being used to, to go after uh, the Russian military and also Russian um, infrastructure targets, but the Russians have held back from going after these centers. They know where they are, and they've probably known from day one where they are, but they haven't done anything. I mean, they've restrained themselves from actually going after the very decision-making centers that are being used to wage uh, this, this conflict from the collective West, from NATO, against them. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible that, 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 that that's happened. And, and my final um, comment is that uh, I don't think the point is the F-16s, Alexander. I, I don't think it's... I, I think Russia knows they can, though they'll be able to handle the F-16s. They'll be able to shoot down the F-16s. I think everyone knows this. I think the point of the F-16s, in my opinion is to specifically make sure that they take off from NATO territory in order to, to uh, bait Russia into going after the airfields located in Eastern Europe. I think that's what the neocons really want. They don't, I, don't, I think the neocons know that the F-16s aren't going to be a game changer. They know that the Russians will deal with the F-16s, but they want to make sure that those F-16s take off from airfields in Eastern Europe to go to Putin and say, well, what are you going to do about it now? We're, uh, we're, uh, we have F-16s taking off from Romania, and it looks like it's going to be Romania. We have them taking off from Romania. There's another red line. Are you going to, uh, to hit Romania? I think, I think they want, the neocons want to get to that point. I absolutely agree with that, and I think that is exactly what it's all about. And, and by the way, I mean, there was a really extraordinary article in CNN, which they were saying, the Ukrainian pilots were saying that they're being shot out of the skies by these far superior Russian fighter jets, and that's why they need F-16s. And in fact, the F-16s are of the same generation, military, at the same military period, as the aircraft that the Ukrainians themselves are currently flying. And, I mean, I, as, I, as I understand it, they are, they are not capable of taking on these advanced Russian fighter jets. So you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what it's all about. It, it's, again, it's a case of baiting the Russians, trying to get the Russians to escalate in a kind of way that would provoke some kind of bigger Western response. And to, uh, uh, just, just the other day, I think it was yesterday, 
there was a, a, a British air marshal who was saying that what needs to happen is for NATO air forces themselves to be committed to the battle. And I'm sure that that's partly the agenda. So try to get Article 5 activated and all these sort of things. And you, you get the counter statements from people like Olaf Scholz. They're saying, he again said to, uh, yesterday that NATO is, going to, NATO is going to support Ukraine in every way it can, but will do so in ways that are intended to avoid escalation, which I take as a sign that he is against these ideas of basing F-16s from Polish and Romanian territory uh, and wants to avoid that sort of escalation. I think what the Russians are doing is, first of all, you're absolutely correct. They've showed incredible restraint in not attacking these decision-making centres. Now, I'm assuming that some kind of de facto deal was done fairly early on in the war. Uh, there was probably some kind of contacts between the US and the Russian military. The Russians said, look, we won't attack these places if you limit yourself and don't attack positions in Crimea with missiles, you know, if you send drones, the Ukrainians send drones across, well, that's not so concerning, but if you actually launch missiles against Crimea, that's a completely different game. Um, the neocons are ignoring those kind of agreements. Agreements like that have been made previously in other conflicts. They were made in Vietnam, for example, during the Vietnam War. Uh, Soviet ships, merchant ships, used to uh, uh, go to Vietnam carrying Soviet weapons to help the Vietnamese fight the Americans. And the US didn't escalate by intercepting those ships on the high seas, which it could certainly have done, because they were presumably given warnings by the Russians that if they did do that, the Soviets would escalate in their own way. So... Those kind of understandings are not un unknown or unique in war. But what is happening is that the Russians now think that the neocons, who are reckless people and increasingly desperate people, are now chafing to throw aside all these de facto agreements and to escalate and to goad people even further. So the Russians have now felt that the situation is so dangerous that they need to make a public warning. And, of course, it's addressed not so much to the neocons, but to the U.S. military and to people like Olaf Scholz. Olaf Scholz says that he doesn't want an escalation. If he really doesn't want an escalation, he's not going to allow the F-16s to be based on Polish and Romanian bases. He could exercise a veto over that. Um, Germany does have that kind of influence, but we shall see. We're betting on Olaf Schultz. We're betting oh, on no, the I'm not suggesting. I'm the not resolve suggest of Olaf Schultz. Oh, boy. Oh, no, boy, are I know, we in I know, trouble. I know. I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the Russians are, but, I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the threat that they're making. And, of course, it's Olaf Schultz, but it's also much more importantly people in the U.S. Air Force. For example, General Brown, who's the incoming chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, taking over from Milley, who is himself an Air Force officer. He understands the risks very, very well. And the Russians are saying to him, look, there's all these crazy people on your side. They're coming up with all these crazy ideas. 
um, we do have our real red lines. Up to now, you've crossed what you say are our red lines, but these are our real red lines. If you cross them, you're in an escalation cycle, which could very easily spiral out of control. Don't do it. Okay, so uh, they're going to do it. Of course <laughs> they're they are. They're yeah. going to give the attack. They're going to give the attack ofs. They're going to give the F-16s, and uh, most importantly, they're going to uh, force Romania and Poland. I don't know if they're going to need to force Poland so much, but uh, Romania and Poland are going to uh, have those F-16s take off. Well, indeed, and bear in mind what happens then. Bear in mind that the a major place where the F-16 pilots are being trained is going to be apparently Romania, which strongly suggests that that's one of the places where the aircraft will be based because it brings them closer to Crimea, which is what I think this is all about. So you know, and the, the, and, and it yeah. and it brings Moldova into the exactly, into play exactly. as well. So Romania exactly. is a good spot for them to to provoke exactly, conflict. Exactly, you know? exactly. So all of this, all of this is going to happen. Well, then it will be for the Russians to, to decide what they're going to do. Whether they will launch their uh, strikes against these aircraft in Romania, whether they'll simply content themselves with shooting them down, which they probably can do, by the way, um, but. Whatever, I mean, we can't predict too far ahead. We can't say definitely what's going to happen. But we're going to see a very, very difficult situation uh, start to appear from about September, October, when these, when these aircraft start to, sort of start to, to fly. At that point, this Ukrainian offensive will be out of the way. I mean, it doesn't look as if it's going to succeed. If it doesn't succeed, as I said, they'll be in a position. The next escalation will be, as I said, these attacks on Crimea with these aircraft, presumably flying from Romania. Whether people in Romania understand this or are aware of what's going on or, and understand what their government appears to be involving Romania in, that's another matter. That, that's the matter. That is the People matter. understand what's happening, yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you want to add? To no, this? I mean, it, this, it is, this is the single most dangerous period in the whole war because um, there was the hope that the U Ukrainian offensive was going to break through to the Sea of Azov. Even Zelensky now, who's, by the way, finally admitted that there is an offensive actually going on. He's admitted it's not going as fast as he would like the Ukrainians are talking about heavy casualties, and in fact, they're at a standstill. So the offensive isn't going well, but the neocons, the group of people closest to Biden, the people whose views Biden himself viscerally shares, I mean, as we've discussed many times, these people have no reverse gear, and they will probably respond by wanting to escalate. And the Russians have said, if you escalate in that kind of way, don't think we're going to simply sit back and do nothing. This time, we are going to retaliate ourselves, and we will see that the escalation can that way run out of control. And, by the way, Putin himself made a point I've made before. He had that meeting with Russian war reporters a few days ago, about a week ago,
And, you know, they said to him, you know, we, we, we've talked about red lines, NATO crosses them all the time, we don't respond. And he said, well, look, we have responded. I mean, we launched the special military operation precisely because they didn't respect our red lines. Now, I took that to be a signal, another signal from Putin. Don't test us. I mean, you know, we've gone along with a lot of what you've done up to now because we have not wanted to escalate. But if you continue with this way, we've shown we can escalate before and we will again. Okay, we will end it there. Thedurand.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram and Rockfin. And go to the Durand shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.